Welcome to Web of Tomorrow. I'm Adam Harris. And this week we have Dave Geddes, who's the founder of Getsky.com, where he is helping developers master UI technology. And his first course is all about Flexbox. And that's what he's here today to talk about. So, hey, Dave, welcome to the show. Hey, Adam. Hey, thanks so much. Appreciate it. So why did you decide to make a course teaching Flexbox? Well, it was actually pretty selfish. Um, I just So last year I built four or five projects using Flexbox, including my site, my resume, some stuff for work. And I noticed that every time I used it, I had to look it up. I don't know how many times I visited cssstricks.com looking at the cheat sheet and the reference for Flexbox, but eventually I just got tired of it. I was like, okay, I really need to master this. I really need to finally learn Flexbox. So I started coming up, I started sketching out some ideas and some ways to remember things. And it was really working. It really started to stick for me. So I shared, I shared those sketches and that mindset with some friends and they're like, oh my gosh, that actually worked for me. You should share this with the internet. So I was like, huh, okay, maybe I will. <laughs> so that's how it started. Cool. So you use kind of this format of a story course using zombies. So why, why zombies and what is a story course? Yeah, so the the basic idea, I realized after doing this that those cheat sheets and the reference sites, they were just such a crutch for me. And I realized that one of the biggest problems with Flexbox and other tech is that if it doesn't stick, then you're always going to have to rely on that crutch. And that's going to slow you down. You're not going to be able to build things as fast or as well. And so I came up, you know, I kind of generalized what I had done as a story course. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like a, a course, you know, where you learn something, but it has, there's a story, um, as part of the main theme of it. So you're, you're learning Flexbox through this story. And in the story, you're fighting off zombies with a crossbow. So the way you kill the zombies is by getting the right Flexbox settings to match their positioning. So that's where the zombies came from. And the, the whole story course idea is that I think people learn better through story and through something that is engaging and fun and involves repetition and spaced learning. So I, I didn't see anything out there like that. And so I'm just calling it a story course. There's probably similar things out there. I'm sure it's not unique or original, but to me it is. And so this is my first story course. I plan on making a whole bunch of these, all sorts of different tech. Yeah, so I, I like how you started off really simple with just an email newsletter and then using CodePen. Was it CodePen? Right. Yeah, using CodePen. So um, is that how are you going to continue doing it with, with email and CodePen, or are you, are you planning on something else? So there's, yeah, there's, there's some things I really like about the original format. With the email, you get a new email every two or three days. And so because of that gap, you would have to remember the stuff you had learned in previous lessons. And that's that's one of the things that a lot of people gave me really good feedback about. They said that that, that spacing helped them, helped them learn the things from previous lessons because they had to recall it. Yeah, I, so, I really like that. Sometimes, that. sometimes a new email didn't even include any new story. It just uh, had you practice some more. Right. Yep, exactly. So something about having letting that time lapse and then forcing you to recall it, I think something about it tells your mind, oh, this is important. I need to I need to hang on to this. And then it, it sticks. It's just a trick, a mental trick, but it works. Um, so I want to keep the spacing. 
CodePen had some problems. It was nice that people could jump in and start editing it, but you know, each each um, story came with twenty to thirty exercises, mm-hmm. and so with CodePen, you can't actually link to another CodePen unless you link open a new tab. Otherwise, it tries to like nest the code pens inside each other, and it just doesn't work. Oh, okay. So, so you end up with you end up with twenty to thirty tabs open, and if you've been doing what you're supposed to and editing the exercises, CodePen throws up this alert saying, "Are you sure you want to leave the page?" Yeah. <laughs> so now, now you've got thirty alerts you got to close. It's just annoying. So I'm gonna I'm gonna drop the CodePen dependency um, in the in the new version of the course. It's gonna be online, so you'll have the exercise built exercises built into the story so you have to do you know you'll listen to part of the story and then you'll do exercises in order to advance and then i'll have pauses like before cool so quickly explain the basic idea of flexbox yeah so flexbox really has there's two parts to it there's the container the flex container where everything goes into and then there's the flex items and those are the things that go into a flex container so flexbox is really cool because it is. It was designed for this day and age where we don't design things for just a set screen size. You know, it's got to be responsive nowadays. So Flexbox is really good for responsive design. So you're starting out with a very small space available, and you just you put your that's your flex container. And you put your items into that, but then as it grows, you have more space available, so you can let your items know how they want to expand or shrink. You know, so it's it was very well designed for for uh, responsive media. Cool. And uh, I think you mentioned one of them, that our, our websites need to be responsive. Are there any other problems that Flexbox solves? So it's, it's really good for responsive. It's also really good for just some basic layouts that we used to do with floats, you know, or some crazy hacks like equal height columns and centering. <laughs> I mean, centering in CSS has always been hard yeah and flexbox just solves it you know it just it just makes some of the layouts that we do constantly um, really simple especially for components flexbox was really designed for components so that you can make components that fit on your page no matter what their you know their width or height constraint is okay the components will look really good on the page with flexbox cool and how long has it been around and what's the browser support yeah, it's been around for years. It's had kind of a rough history, um, a lot of different implementations and specs over the years. But it's only been the last maybe year or two that things have finally settled, and they've worked out a lot of the browser bugs. There's still there's still quite a few. You can see if you go to um, there's a GitHub repo called Flexbugs, I think. But um, the browser support is really good for the new spec. If you look at caniuse.com, it's pretty much um, everything except IE9 and below. Um, there are some, if you're, if you're supporting IE still, Edge is good. Edge is pretty good, but IE has some Edge cases, some weird bugs, and so does Safari, surprisingly. Hmm. Like in Safari, a vertically, a, a, a column flex container won't apply any shrinking to the items in, in Safari. So there's some things to watch out for. But in general, it's it's good, it's ready. But you do want to test you want to test it in browsers that you're supporting, but it's, in my opinion, it's definitely something you can use today and feel confident in, but just test the browsers that you're going to support. Okay, cool. 
And how hard is it to learn? And where do you see people get tri- tripped up or where have you gotten tripped up in learning it? Yeah, so it's one of those things like if you, I don't know, it's pretty easy to just look up and kind of figure out and kind of guess and then use it and ship it in your product. Yeah. And so that's what, that's what I think a lot of people do. That's what I did. Yeah, there's that, there's that famous CSS tricks page you mentioned. And uh-huh. I've, I've gone there a million times too. But I didn't really understand how everything fit together. Th- that page explains everything thoroughly, but doesn't give you a good overview of how to actually do it, I guess. Right. And I mean, that's the job of a, of a cheat sheet is to, to be used. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so if, if you didn't need the cheat sheet, you would never have to go to the page. So I, I kind of think, I kind of think as professionals, we shouldn't rely on cheat sheets for things like Flexbox, things that we use and should be using a lot. Now there's going to be some times where a reference or a cheat sheet is valuable, but I think, I think it's time to kind of break that dependency and actually master it. So where people get tripped up is a lot of times in just when do I use the properties and how do I use them? You know? Yeah. So align content versus align items and justify content and justify or align self. So there's, there's a lot of different properties and another tricky thing is they reuse the same values a lot. So you'll have flex start and flex end that mean very different things based on the context. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So have you noticed that? Some of the naming, I think. Yeah, I mean, do you have any idea where they came up with those names? Because it's hard to remember the difference between justify content and align content. Yeah, so they, they kind of took, I mean, they took some things from from CSS, like alignment. You know, we have text align, but they applied it in a different dimension than we're used to. And then they took some things from, typography like justification is a typography term Mm. so it's just it was something that we didn't have they came up with a name for it that maybe made sense to the people who designed the spec Um, and it makes sense once you learn it but if you're using it for the first time or the fifth time and you haven't learned it it's like wait a second justify what and so it's really it's really hard to remember the properties and what they do so in my in my story course one of the things i do is instead of thinking directly about the the flex container my abstraction is you think about this crossbow that's aiming into the flex container and the crossbow has a couple of things on it that help you it has a a justify laser that's pointing straight ahead you know so it's kind of pointing straight through all the items and so in the story i help you remember this is the justify laser because you're justified in busting up some zombies right yeah so now like i never forget which which property is is to justify because of that that laser because so that's kind of stuck in my mind yeah i also think it's useful to know that it's justify in terms of paragraphs in in microsoft word or whatever you justify left or justify right that totally makes sense now but but then you can't think in terms of that right because then you have columns and rows and row reverse and column reverse right yeah you got the different directions and that's why they that's why they use flex start and flex end instead of like flex left and flex right because as soon as you change the flex direction to point down now everything's different so i actually had a question about that why i can understand why you would have row because that's a normal kind of left to right but what why would you use column reverse or row reverse or column 
So I think most of the time you're only going to use, well, I shouldn't say only, but most of the time you're going to use row and column. Um, flex or row reverse and column reverse. I, I haven't personally had a use case for them, but I think it's good to know them in case you ever do. Now, one important thing to know about the direction is it depends on your language. So if you actually have a, a language that reads from uh, right to left, your flex direction row is going to be is going to start from the right and go to the left. Uh. So so row reverse would be what we're used to in that language. Huh. So so it, it depends on your language, but I think it's important to know all all four directions. And then if a layout comes up that oh hey this would actually be really good for column reverse, um, then you'll know it. But one thing is you know you could let's say you're really trying to optimize for search engines, and so you want to put the most valuable content in the DOM first, mm-hmm. um, the source order. So you could do that and target the, the search engines, but let's say those most important items visually, you want them to be at the bottom, so you could do column reverse in that case. Huh. And so you're they're going to show up at the bottom, even though in the source they're up at top. So that's that's one case where it might be valuable. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and then there's another way to reorder items as well, right? Yeah, just with the order property, you can you can change the order of individual items. Yep. And then also flex wrap reverse. Or yeah, wrap, that wrap one's reverse. a weird one. Yeah. Yeah, so flex wrap is all about when you have more than, when you have, when you don't have enough space in your flex container to fit all the items, you can either tell them to shrink or to wrap down to a new line and then shrink. So, so flex wrap when you do that, it's actually kind of interesting. Um, everything, every item on there will get its own new line, its own new flex line, before it starts any shrinking at all. Yeah. So you'll have you have one basically column, and then once once that happens and everybody's happy on their own line, then they'll start to shrink. But yeah, flex wrap you can wrap reverse, so that kind of swaps the order. There's a lot you can do. I kind of try to keep it simple. You know, I don't I don't try to go crazy in my flexbox use. Um, so I don't use wrap reverse very often. I don't use order very often. Um, I kind of try to stick to the basics, and then you know you can build just about everything with the basics. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So with uh, you mentioned flex grow and shrink. Um, mm-hmm. That that one is kind of counterintuitive until you know how it works, right? Because grow if you set grow to be two and everything else is grow one then it's going to grow at two times the rate two times faster but right. uh, but people it, think it's but it doesn't twice the size doesn't mean twice it's the not, size yeah exactly it, what would you do yeah, if you actually did want it to be twice the size well you could i mean i've got a blog post coming out today so by the time people hear this it'll be out um but it's all but it's called the difference between width and flex basis but in there, I'm, I explain, I show what things look like, um, the size of things before they go into the flex container. So you could you could plan it all out and then set a specific grow ratio to get pretty close to the, you know, the exactly two times the the size. You could do that, or you could do. There's some other CSS hacks where you could do like padding bottom, um, twenty or a hundred percent and you can, you can kind of get some growth through ratios that way. Um, but if you're, if you're really trying to get, you know, this is double the size of that, 
then Flexbox may not be the exact tech you're looking for. CSS Grids has some things for that. The browser support's not great yet, but you know, hopefully by the end of 2017, it will be ready, ready to use. Um, and that's got some things that make that kind of layout a bit easier. Okay, yeah. So that kind of leads in my next question of where there's situations where you might be tempted to use Flexbox because you've learned it so well now after going through your zombie course, right? And you just want to use it everywhere. But where, where might it actually be better to use something else? So Flexbox is really, it's not really meant for full page layouts. But the problem is right now there's not really anything else. I mean, you can, you can do it the old way with floats and absolute positioning. But today I recommend actually just using Flexbox everywhere. Um, even though it's not ideal for some of the full-page grid type of layouts, it's um, it's the best thing we have today. Okay. Now, unless you're trying to do a grid layout that just isn't possible in Flexbox, and there are some, um, then then you got to do some old-school hacks while you're waiting for CSS grids. But uh, let's see. Another one would be sometimes people do like, let's say you've got an app with a sidebar on the left that's, that's fixed. Mm-hmm. And then you have the rest of the content that's stretchy. So that's actually, it's a good case for use. It's a good use case for Flexbox. But what what happens is people do like, and I actually did this on one of my projects. Um, they'll set a width of, let's say, 300 pixels on that sidebar. And then, you know, they'll expect things to, to grow and shrink, right? But what, then they're surprised when all of a sudden their sidebar shrinks <laughs> you know they're surprised that they set a width of 300 and it's shrinking mm-hmm. but um my blog post explains this but basically width is all it is is an input for flex basis if you don't specify a flex basis it's a fallback okay so your your width is actually not going to be honored setting a width of 300 just makes a flex basis of 300 and then flex basis is not a guaranteed thing right it's just a starting point so if there's not enough room on your page, your, your sidebar is not going to end up at the full 300. It might end up at 200 pixels. Now, you could you could do a min width of 300, and that would that would set a bound on the flex basis. Or you could say um, flex shrink of zero. So instead of shrinking at a specific rate, it's just not going to shrink at all. So that's there are things like that, layouts like that, where you just, you just expect to use a width. Mm-hmm. And then things start growing or shrinking on you, and you're like, what? And that just it just comes back down to people using Flexbox without fully understanding it. Yeah, totally. So if you can master it, if you can learn it, then it's going to open up a whole lot more layouts that you'll actually be able to do without running into a lot of these weird gotchas. Okay. So what are some of the really cool things you've seen made with Flexbox? Something that's really exciting that you couldn't do before? Uh, let's see. There's some There's some cool layouts where... You've got, let's say you have four items in a row, and the middle two items grow, but the outer two items are fixed. Mm-hmm. So that's really easy in Flexbox. You know, and as the page grows, you've got kind of these two sidebars where the middle content is growing and adapting, and the side ones are just they're just fixed because they don't need to be growing. That's super easy with Flexbox. Um, yeah, yeah. But with, with Flexbox, there's just there's so many cool layouts you can do. And like I said before, I think Flexbox, the re- the magic of Flexbox, you really start to see it when you are in responsive mode and you're designing this component that is just amazing at 
300 pixels wide and amazing at 1200 pixels wide. And with Flexbox, you can, you know, suddenly you, you're not tied to one dimension. You can change, you know, maybe when you're 300, when you're at a really narrow device, you can have things go down by just changing flex direction. Yeah. Column. Yeah. Cool. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of cool things you do, you can do. So what other kind of, uh, things are you excited about? Maybe CSS things or other things that you want to have courses about? Yeah, so um, grids is definitely one I want to do because I want people to, unlike Flexbox where you know it's been ready for a couple of years and people still don't know it, I want grids when it when it hits. I want people to be ready and just start using it. You know, I mean it's it just it landed recently and I believe it was Safari, but so it, I think it's going to be this year near the end of this year that people are going to feel pretty good about using grids. So that's definitely one. Um, I really, man, I just, I love all UI, like not just CSS. There's a lot to about CSS that I really like. Uh, keyframe animations, um, trans, transitions and transforms. Um, but I'm also big into JavaScript. I, lo- I love uh, React and been using Angular quite a bit at work. And so I'll probably, I mean, if you look at my blog, I've got, I've got some posts about the component mindset, you know, organizing your code base in terms of components mm-hmm. um i've got a post i'm working on right now about styled components it's a css framework for styling your components and i found it to be just fantastic for isolating your css and then reusing your components so i'll probably have a lot geared towards css but a lot also geared towards just keeping your project fun to work on because that's the biggest problem when you have so many developers and you start to have such a big project is it just becomes kind of not fun to work on. You, you end up hitting wall after wall, you know, tech debt after tech debt. And these are things that are solvable, you know, and I've, I've worked a lot on huge projects and I have done a lot to help these kinds of projects. So a lot of my posts and courses are going to be around mastering UI tech and then just making your project just awesome and fun to work in. Awesome. Sounds good. Yeah. So where can people find you online? So they can find my course. My first course is flexboxzombies.com. They can sign up there and um, they'll get updates about future courses and blog articles and whatnot. And then my main site is gedski.com, G-E-D-D-S-K-I.com. And they can sign up there and get the same thing, updates. And I'm also on Twitter, at Gedski. I post a lot of random, somewhat hysterical things, <laughs> <laughs> in my own opinion. I tweet and then I just laugh at my own stuff. My wife always makes fun of me for laughing at my own jokes, but <laughs> it's the same thing on Twitter. So <laughs> Nice. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, Adam. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. So if you are tired of looking at Flexbox and really want to learn it, go check out FlexboxZombies.com. And of course, subscribe to Web of Tomorrow in your favorite podcast app. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Web of Tomorrow FM. Mm-hmm.